0: Hello all and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Firstly, before we go any further, we'd like to thank you so much for everybody who's listened, liked, subscribed so far. It's literally in the hundreds now and it's been absolutely awesome. Um, on this episode today, we've had such good feedback on the previous two revisiting episodes of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So Arzif is back again and we're going to complete the original trilogy by revisiting Return of the Jedi, so hope you guys enjoy, and without further ado, here is episode 6. He's here again, we're here again, and it's Return of the Jedi this time, the 6th film in the trilogy that we have revisited. How you doing dude? Hey, dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah.
1: looking forward to this one as well. Um, how are you? All good? Yeah, yeah. Very well,
0: thanks. Great so Return of the Jedi is an interesting one because it's a one that got the most mixed reviews out of the original trilogy when it was first released, but is still massively beloved to this day through audience and critics. Where does it sit for you? This is interesting, I
1: think, with Return of the Jedi. Uh, As a kid, and since always being a Star Wars fan, I always loved Return of the Jedi. Um, For me, it was one of the films of the original trilogy that I probably watched the most, besides A New Hope. Um, And I'm not really surprised that I loved it so much as a kid, and rewatching it recently. I mean, there's so many elements in the film that make it appealing to an action loving kid i was and sci-fi loving i mean there's obviously the final epic battle scene which is you know full of you know i mean it's three battles going on at the same time um with lightsabers and space battles and ewoks whacking stormtroopers in the head uh and then of course you know i mean even you know the intro as well is like an action-packed kind of explosive start which you know as you had said you love intros, I love intros, and so Return of the Jedi has a lot of elements that were quite fun and action-based, so as a kid, I always loved it. But I have to say, uh, re-watching it this time, I can see where some of the mixed reviews come from have come from, because as we've done the original trilogy all together, and discussed The New Hope and, and Empire Strikes Back and the, the merits of them, and of course how brilliant they are just as films and how iconic the lines and the characters and the set design are. I think Return of the Jedi does have a lot of those elements, but I do think that they go in somewhat of a... It's kind of difficult for me to say this because I'm kind of trampling the the dreams of my childhood, but there are some things (laughs) about Return of the Jedi which, rewatching it this time, it's less innovative than the first two but it is but it still is a great film i think um having watched it this time i think the idea of them bringing back the death star for example whilst it's kind of already been used before and it's somewhat of a repetitive theme using it again i i personally don't think it's too out of place because you know if you were the empire why wouldn't you want another death star um so it's that's quite a new you know it's quite a I think it's a perfectly acceptable plot point to reintroduce into it. But I do think that the way that they've reintroduced the death star and the idea of it kind of being more to a planet on Endor with the shield generator and also having a kind of easier tunnel for ships to fly through to destroy it. There were elements about it where I was kind of watching the film again. Well, literally the other day and I was kind of, slightly confused as to what the empire's justification for adding these elements in were but as i said i i it is still a film that is very enjoyable i just think that re-watching it with more analytical eyes there are st- it, the plot is not as good as the first two and i think there's a little bit more fluff in it in terms of certain parts of dialogue uh certain parts of cgi that lucas added in in the re-releases that are quite frankly for me quite terrible i I, for the one that really stands out for me is the 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 song number in jabba's hut because uh as a kid i always remember jabba's Hut as being quite seedy and dark and and quite menacing really um and i find that the the cgi additions that lucas put in later on made it much more child friendly and unnecessary really i particularly the the you know i mean if you can remember the 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 singing alien i i I just really despise that and i think it's so unnecessary um to put into the this film and it just kind of it it, it's that throwback to the silly serious nature of, of phantom menace really where they just made it too child friendly to the point where it's quite annoying, really, and also it just the, the CGI really stands out against the the real characters in Jabba's heart which are all you know costumed actors, really, with really interesting masks. So, so as I said, I I think with Return of the Jedi, it's a film that I I do love from my childhood, but rewatching it with adult analytical eyes and in and, and the way that we're kind of revisiting for this podcast, I I do have a slightly uh, I, I don't look at it as fondly as the first two, let's just say.
0: I mean, what, what do you think? Um, for me, rewatching it again, I mean, as I've rewatched it many and many a times, it still hits so many nostalgic notes for me. I think it's why I love these films so much. It's It's the nostalgic factor always wins me over every single time. Like you were saying as well, the Death Star return, I really. Personally, I really like the Death Star coming back. For me, in my head, it's a part of the story that says that it wasn't as easy as the Rebels thought to conquer the Empire, and the Death Star coming back was almost like a returning character in some ways, that it's going to take more for the Rebels to be able to defeat them than just one lucky hit from a new hope that seemed to completely quash all empire at that time and and that also leads into another a guy who has it seems a killer arrival in every single film vader once again has another brilliant em- entrance and i love the line when he comes onto the ship for the death star because obviously they're in the point of rebuilding it as we see it's half blown up and half ripped apart are saying that the emperor is not as forgiving as i am so he still comes in and he's still this angry menacing character i do love the beats at the beginning of return of the jedi i feel it's very much like empire gives us doesn't waste a minute in trying to set up all those characters again so we understand where everybody is hmm. it does it with vader and then it does it I love C-3PO and R2-D2 in the desert. It's like a reference to the New Hope, how they, how we saw them in the desert, but obviously things might seem the same, but they're, of course, very different in where the story is. So I love those elements, those story beat elements that introduce us again to all these characters. And then the whole sequence of Jabba's palace, excluding the terrible CGI singing aliens, is, once again, another favourite sequence of mine. Like, we talked about how Hoth was a really good sequence and how the Death Star in A New Hope was a really good sequence. For me, Jabba's Palace is another great sequence in introducing major characters again, but also bringing the band back together.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I, I always l- loved the initial scene in Jabba's Palace. I I, I always, It always reminds me of of the start of indiana jones or something it's like one of those great setting scene setters where yeah you're 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 getting the the, the band back together and the characters are all in a certain well they're on a mission you know to save obviously to save hand solo and i i like the start with c3po and r2d2 going in there and then it's interesting <laughs> Again, this is one of those things that it's interesting seeing Leia going in by herself to rescue Han. And I have to say, rewatching it this time, I, as I said, I I loved this scene before, and I still and I still do. I think Jabba is a great character. I, I love his palace and the selection of characters out there and how it's just dingy gangster dwell dwelling. But I have to say, there are certain things to do with the plot, which um, <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, like rewatching it this time. I was unsure of the, of, uh, so our plucky, you know, the plucky band of rebels that we love, Luke, Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2, Chewbacca, Lando at this point, as well as now being included. They're, you know, going into breakout Han Solo. I have to say one thing which kind of alarmed me this time was that it's funny how much of a lack of plan that they have, which I think is quite interesting at this point because I'm not entirely sure whether it, tells me that they've grown up or that they're kind of doing it as they did it in a new hope so in a new hope you know the for example rescuing leia from the death star that was all very off the cuff and clearly the characters were just making it up as they went along and that's one of the brilliant things about it is that it's the forming of the team and they come together in this extraordinary circumstance and, and place and to you know to do a mission for the greater good and re- rescue this princess and etc and i and I, it's similar with Jabba you know Jab uh, with the Jabba the Hut scene that they're there to rescue one of their team members it's Han he's important they love him etc but it feels that this time they have less oh, well just as as much planning as before there's a little bit but it's quite separated and I find it quite interesting uh, I'm not entirely sure why they've done that but it's quite interesting that they kind of send Leia in and, and Lando's already there as a guard and I'm assuming that it's to infiltrate the, the, the gang and Jabba's gangster group. But it feels a little bit unorganized, which I've, I mean, to be honest, as I said, it, it, I don't think it's wrong, but I just think it's kind of one of these things in which they haven't justified too much, or they, there wasn't too much planning. And then once Luke comes in, even once Luke Skywalker comes in to, to free Han, and it's quite funny because this time I wasn't really sure what his plan was, because he kind of gets in front of Jabba and he, he threatens him and then he tries to force pull a gun from one of his guards and, and shoot Jabba and then he gets you know taken into the monster pit and I think the monster pit's really interesting because clearly that's one of the things that Luke didn't think about in his plan and it's very lucky that he beats him but it's it's quite interesting that they've kind of taken this approach to take on Jabba and it's understandable why they would do it in this sort of mission way because obviously they don't want the rebellion to go to war with Jabba but this infiltration way it just feels as as Almost as if they still there's some recklessness to the rebellion, which kind of I think makes it kind of exciting because I, as the Jabba scene kind of carries on, you can see that they are improvising. And I mean, for me, really, the only planned part is when Artu shoots Luke his lightsaber, and it's just quite funny that I wasn't sure if that was the plan that, to get them to the point where they're about to be eaten by the sarlacc bit. And then that's when they fight back. Uh, it might have been because honestly, it ends up being quite a good plan because they end up taking out Jabba and all his crew on the on the barges and the, and the floating the the floating vehicles alongside them. So it, it kind of ends up being a good plan. But as I was watching, I was like, I'm not really sure why they're doing it like this. But to be honest, the whole thing is quite entertaining to watch. I mean, you really see how far Luke has come in his in his training and as a Jedi Knight. You know, as soon as he enters Jabba's heart uh jabba's heart uh jabba's palace um you know he's already using jedi mind tricks on the guards he's a, a jabba's right hand man he's also using jedi mind tricks on him so and luke is very calm and collected so you can see that he's progressed and once obviously the fights the fighting starts he's much more skillful as a, as a jedi knight and that i always generally enjoy i, I like that kind of. The movement of how he progresses in his his training Um, which it would be nice to kind of see maybe like some of the progression in his training but it makes sense that after his time with Yoda that he's and obviously after the fight with Darth Vader that he is wiser
0: and has grown and is more pensive in, in his role yeah I very much do I really like the off cuffness of it because I feel that's kind of it sums them up as a group they're this they're this collective of mixed characters and they all have their different traits and different elements that they bring to it. But they do follow that same beat through all three films. That they're even though they know each other now, they're still kind of thrown together. And everything is still has a loose plan to a certain extent, but it kind of follows the Han solo way of plans. Yeah. Where it's just never tell me the odds he just kind of goes with it and that's how he kind of works his way through his life really that's how they work their way through and it's a very much Jabba's palace there's so many elements to it that i really love going right back from when the droids first arrive one of my i've said this before one of my favorite droids of all time is the gatekeeper droid at Jabba's palace sticks out the eye when he says whatever he says and c-3po says goodness gracious me it still makes me laugh every Mm. single time but i also another element to it is when they first go in and they kind of go through the protocol that they need to in order to become droids for Jabba, the exploration of the dungeon cells with the random Mm -hmm. creatures in and the droid torture chamber and all that. And you see the last protocol droid kind of getting ripped apart. I really love the start to this film because for me, it's it's bringing that adventure part to it first. Mm -hmm. The whole group are coming back together to take on the Empire again. And from where they left us in Empire Strikes Back to where they start now, I very much the first feel that the first 15 minutes of this film, I, th- I think it's like 15, 20 minutes or whatever it is, is kind of the reinstallation of hope in the story for yeah. us to be able to go back on and follow the lives of these characters again. Yeah,
1: I completely agree with you, actually, there. In, in I mean, after... <clears throat> the the ending of empire strikes back when it does feel very bleak and hopeless um and it could go either way with the with, and also of course you know you, we see lando and chewie going off on their own set mission to start rescuing han and and already the what is left of the crew is already being separated so you're right the start of return of the jedi does feel very much like a return to hope for the the team coming back together and rescuing Han and it does I, I think that's probably you know one of the reasons why we look back on it so fondly as well in terms of uh you know the nostalgia factor that it is a very hopeful film and from the the start you really it does feel like an adventure and that things are getting better after the sort of depth that we plunge into in empire strikes back so i i do agree that it does feel like that kind of plucky feel good adventure and and that and there is a great sense of satisfaction to take from that and and it's fun it's fun it's a fun scene there's lots of elements there's lots of things to look at i mean we've besides Jabba and his you know cronies as we've been talking about you know the fact that we're back on tatooine um as you said it's reminiscent of a new hope and and it's that sort of familiarity and then I mean, I have to say, my favorite part of that whole scene is when the action really kicks off, and you know, you have Luke kind of wielding the lightsaber and and really showing his stuff, and and Han Solo and, and Chewie kind of working their way around Han Solo's blindness and and defeating Boba Fett by accident. I actually, I mean, even those the, those kind of elements are kind of silly action. I I I kind of enjoy them. I think it's quite funny that, and it's actually when you look at it, I mean, and also how ruthless Bob Boba Fett is as a character. It's actually quite hilarious that he gets taken out in that way. That he's so cunning and concise that he doesn't see the the clumsy blind guy like whack him on on the jetpack and send him off into the sarlacc. bit. I mean that that is quite an interesting uh, well you
0: know ending as as we know in the original trilogy anyway. Um, if so- only we didn't have the dodgy CGI sarlacc monster beak, yeah. which has been another George Lucas flourish in Return of the Jedi, which definitely didn't need to be there it's funny how empire he really tones it down and then return the jedi is like right just prepping for phantom menace but that
1: exactly that's what well, that's the interesting thing about that initial return of the jedi scene is that with all the cgi it did feel like the type of cgi that they were preparing to use in phantom menace where it was just like this sort of very obvious cgi and also quite silly uh well i say silly uh it's like <sighs> I suppose it's more child-friendly um because i remember i distinctly remember the original sarlacc pit and how it was just this pit of spikes that digested people and that was freaky enough that that thing lived in the desert and i think the new sarlacc pit that they've made with the beak it does make it kind of almost less threatening or kind of more like a plant in a way that lives in the desert and you know it, I, I i found that the original one was more menacing because it was it didn't have a face and it was just this thing that swallowed people up and digested them for thousands of years and but I, yeah I, I suppose with the cgi and this one that it's it's uh yeah more child
0: friendly i would say Yeah, very much so. But it's also, like we were saying, I love that the end of this sequence is really to reintroduce the hope in the story, especially as the next um, sequence that comes along is our first introduction to the Emperor. And it's the first time we really get to see his character on screen. And it's another great addition for me to the story, showing how much more of a task it will be to defeat the Empire kind of in the final stand. It's another element that they've installed in, which I feel balances well with the hope they give you in the beginning, and then to show you that there's still a lot of dark themes and dark elements to this story that has to be overcome. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the Emperor scene because
1: I always distinctly remember those Death Star ceremony scenes, first when Vader lands on the Death Star, and then when the Emperor does. And I always remember them as big ceremonies, and it it's very indicative of where the film has gone in the trilogy and and where lucas has taken it that it's it's it feels like this film is going to be because it's the final film it has this bigger kind of production and more epic creation of of the scenarios that we we've come to know but i, I always loved when the emperor lands on the death sign you know you have the all the stormtroopers and and commanders all lined up to kind of greet him. And it goes to show, yeah, as you said, it's that perfect example of where the empire is. And even though they have been defeated and, you know, they're now back on the strong foot and there's a greater hurdle to overcome for the rebels. And that's a great scene to, to, to highlight it, I think.
0: Yeah. And it's just a, it's a first way of us seeing the relationship again between Vader and empire, which is another, transition vader's transition in this film i think is one of the most developed characters in this movie he goes through quite an arc Mm -hmm. as well as luke does again and of course when we see luke firstly in this film it's very much he's he's gone so far from when we last saw him in terms of his growth as a jedi and the now the jedi knight he identifies himself as but then in the next sequence obviously when you see luke go back to Yoda
1: hmm.
0: to see him again for me very much he almost instantly turns back into that farm boy again when you see him in Yoda's hut that he's with his Jedi master and he still shows that there's a lot of growth that he has to achieve to reach the wisdom of someone like Yoda and Obi-Wan's level yeah
1: definitely uh I think that scene with Yoda it's um again it's a it's a good intro scene i think to show where luke is at with his jedi ability because we've had the jabba scene which shows that he's and i think it also explores the fact that it's not just about being able to you know kick ass with a lightsaber it's also about the kind of inner peace that you have to achieve to not fall to the dark side and that's what i like about the yoda scene coming after the jabba the hut scene in that jabba the hut scene he luke shows himself to be this this warrior and who's able to rescue his friends and beat many many people and you know, kind of against you know great odds, and then afterwards he goes to Yoda, and, and it sort of humbles him again. Where he, it's it's he can identify as this Jedi Knight, but there's still a lot that he has to overcome, and it's quite a uh, an enticing start to the film, I think, and and tells you what's about to come because obviously we've just been introduced to the Emperor as well um for the first time in person, and the fact that he's now this you know very real figure uh that's going to have to be dealt with alongside the Darth Vader and the Death Star and, and the rest of the Empire. And so I, I think it's it's one of those great kind of atmosphere setters, I think, that it's that whilst we're following Luke and he seems to have come a long way and we see that in Jabba the Hutt that there, there is still more to come for him in his development and
0: also within the film. And then, of course, we get the return of Obi-Wan as well, which for me brings an element that I really love in all these films, the Jedi pep talks. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite parts in the films. um, Luke's interactions with Yoda and Obi-Wan. But I mean, just before that, when he says goodbye to Yoda, we get that second bombshell, don't we? That there is another Skywalker. So, so like, Oh yeah. Just to let you know, just before, (laughs) just before I go to the force, um i'm just gonna let you know you got a sister see you later i love that little bit of information that yoda drops on luke at the last second but i love the return of obi-wan in this particular sequence as well it's kind of gives luke that reassurance to go the next step that we need him to take in his journey
1: it's interesting because seeing um (laughs) I've written down that Yoda's dropping truth bombs because, you know, he's he's confirming, you know, Vader being Luke's father as well. And I find it really interesting in this scene, like having watched the prequels and now watching the original trilogy for me, this part, it reminds me a lot of Anakin's development as well that, you know, Yoda and Mace Windu at the time, they were restricting him in terms of his knowledge and what he can do in his independence. And that, frustrates him and 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 causes friction between him and the jedi and ultimately separates him from the jedi as well and i think that's quite interesting that because at the end of the empire strikes back once luke learns that vader's his father i mean he's so gobsmacked that it it feels and then you know once vader calls out to him you can see that there's a connection there that luke's tempted and i think this is quite an interesting sort of scene because again it sets up luke's Uh, in a battle to to defeat what he knows is bad which is the Sith but then of course his own allies within the Jedi are not telling him the full story so it's you can see that it's hard for him to fully trust what's going on because he's still very much learning and and that learning is a huge part of his development because it's about learning and then controlling his emotions and that's why I like a lot of uh, you know in terms of Luke's character within this film that it is I think it, it's quite the, the film effectively shows that he's struggling between the two and that he has a lot of sympathy towards Vader as well. Now that he's learned he's his father, but he's also knows what's right still. And I think after being, yeah speaking to Yoda and, and speaking to Obi-Wan that it's um, it's a good setup for the the battle that he faces later on against vader and and the emperor i I, I like i like that whole scene i and again it's i mean you know being back on kind of yoda's planet it's 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 quite it it almost feels as if he's somewhat rounding off the 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 training that he can get and i I think it's an important scene i yeah I, I, i like that and i like how it sets it up what sets him up really as a character
0: Some part of me really wishes that in the new trilogy that the Dagobah system and Yoda's hut was the place that Luke ended up hiding out and they had to go and find him again. That would have been like a really cozy nostalgic hit. I know they would have just said it's fan service, but I'd be like, yeah, but of the best kind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, he very much sets up for another extremely... Luke is always, across every single film, it's always a massive emotional journey for that guy. <laughs> he never just gets to chill out like Nine Nun and uh, <laughs> just be a background character. But I do... I then love the, the next part of the story, you know, when they kind of all go back together and Hans back uh, together and they're talking about the mission of stealing the shuttle in order to yeah. get onto Endor's moon. I love that. That's a very much... It's another as I said at the end of Jabba's sequence, it's another line of hope that comes in the film because you very much got, you know, you get to see Wedge again and you get the new characters, Admiral Akbar, Nine Numb, but you very much also get the teams back together when Han almost goes, well, it's just me at the moment. And Chewie's like, well, obviously, why aren't you asking if I want to come? He's like, well, I didn't want to speak for you. And then Leia's, I go, oh, I'll come as well. And Luke comes out of nowhere and goes, Calve me in. You're like, woo, go team. Everyone's <laughs> back together for the mission. Yeah. New hope. Here we go again. I love those. It's a very much, our heroes are back together. Here's all the hope in one place. Go and take on everything that you want to take on. And we're all with you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I also love the, the banter between Han Solo and Lando. I think that's a really fun bit of banter and like uh, always over the falcon and how it's like hey don't n- don't scratch it it's like yeah not a scratch not a scratch and they just they're both reassuring each other and for me i always you know love those kind of yeah and, and obviously the team coming back together um it, it, it does feel triumphant it's interesting because it's so he's thinking about it and thinking about that that's you know kind of some of the way through the film already uh that how much of a different tone it takes from empire strikes back that we're left with such a a feeling of almost hopelessness and kind of bleakness um throughout empire strikes back actually and then we're back to the kind of that triumphant triumph triumphant hopefulness um of a new hope and and it's interesting because i i wonder if they could have dwelt more perhaps in um and I think they do somewhat through Luke's character, but I, I wonder if there was some, something that they could have done to to bring back some of the unsureness of of Empire Strikes Back. I look at this film very fondly, and I find that like there's a lot of happy moments in this film, which is great, but it's almost like, for me, there's only one real sad moment, which is Yoda dying. And that's quite a bittersweet moment, and obviously it's sad that you know this great force character dies but it, it's not even too sad because it, he's had such a long wise achievement of a life that it's not terribly sad so i i feel that there could have been almost some some further inclusion of so but yeah I, I i did that that is the kind of appeal of this film really overall is that it it does feel as if like not only is the band back together but with this sort of renewed a renewed hope to take on the empire and and so it's 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 an interesting film i think it's um yeah the first half is quite interesting as i said like carrying on from empire strikes back and uh and the the scene of them planning as well it's it's an interesting scene because again it even though it, it feels as if they've got these insane odds to go up against and there's the death star again and all of this stuff and now there's a further stage on endor that they have to take care of and it it, it's quite interesting because (laughs) that that feels quite i mean almost as if they can't beat it but then everyone's so happy that it doesn't almost feel as if anyone loses real hope so i i think this is kind of part of the aesthetic of the film that it it is that hopeful almost more child-friendly approach to it which i don't think is terrible but i think that they could have Maybe use some of those more bleak elements from Empire Strikes Back to 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 mix up the story a bit, but I mean that's just a personal kind of understanding, really. I it's funny as I said, Return of the Jedi sits somewhere between like very child friendly happiness for me, and also I think there are certain parts which feel. Yeah, slightly awkward. So I think with the Endor scene, (laughs) one thing which I this watching it this time, which I wasn't entirely sure about, is why the Empire has the shield generator on Endor. So I think is this I can't remember they mentioned this film, but is it because they're building the new Death Star and they need to moor it up to a planet? But that was one of the things that re watching it this time, I wasn't sure why the Empire have actually why they haven't built the shield generator on the death star. And, uh, you know, it's quite funny because I never really questioned this before. And then all of a sudden watching it, this time, I'm like, why are they building it on Endor? It feels almost kind of ridiculous of the empire that they, first of all, would more the death star up to a planet. And then also to a planet, which is pretty hostile <laughs> uh, in terms of terrain and, and, and people on there. So it was kind of one of those story points where I'm a bit like, Oh, I'm now I'm, I'm not really sure why they're doing that, but it's still, you know, it's, it's been done and it is what it is. But, um, I know, what did you think about that? What, what do you think is the justification for putting the shield generator on Endor?
0: I guess it's something that can be explained in so many different ways. Mm. But the way I think you, they're expecting you to look at it, because obviously we can overanalyze this in so many different ways that they should have gone about it. But I guess it just means that they need that shield generator to be operated for somewhere else other than the Death Star, as almost a backup, whilst everything else is half built. So that, regardless of anything else, they need protection. So. It could be, I know you could go into it, but you could go into it in such a technical way in the terms of, well, I mean, to build something of this scale, it means we would be having to turn on and off the shield generator to reserve power (laughs) to build this section of the Death Star at all times. So we would need that reserve generator so that we could generate a shield whilst these things are happening. You know, you could go into it in a, like, white builder's hat (laughs) Yeah. Wait, looking at it and going well that's just how you build a death star ladies and gentlemen it has to be done that way
1: yeah i thought it was yeah it's it's kind of funny because they they don't fully explain it but like as i said rewatching this time i was like oh is that why have they why don't they i'm not why endor as well like i know just, It just it's just quite quite a funny thing but i don't think it's you know i don't think it's unnecessary i just think it's uh quite an interesting thing from the empire and also obviously <laughs> building another death star with like this the great big tunnel for ships to fly through it's like yeah you had a, a tiny one which they were able to fire into before and destroy the whole test star now you've like, given them this whole like, tunnel to fly to i always find that like quite funny that it's like I don't know what the justification is like essentially they should have just rebuilt the first death
0: star but just covered up that hole <laughs> but i think it's uh i think it's a working tunnel i only think the tunnels <laughs> enough, there yeah. to finish repairs and once repairs are done, the tunnel would have been filled up. That's the kind of way I look at it. But I do love the indoor sequence. The first half of the indoor sequence is very much reminds me of A New Hope. All the guys back together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favourite action scenes in the whole entire film. is the speed biker race between the forest. I think that's a great action sequence addition to the movie. Mm-hmm. Always one I most remember seeing when I was younger and also introduces my favorite stormtroopers, the biker troopers. Mm. Those stormtroopers are my favorites throughout the the whole entire saga. Yeah. So there's loads of elements, especially to the beginning of the end or the first sequence, them getting caught in the net. It's that comical side of things again, Han being Han, which once again, he gets all the best comic lines throughout this film, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah i mean he han
1: is particularly funny in this film i have to say i have to, the net was another thing which this time around it that did slightly annoy me because <laughs> i this is probably because i also watched uh solo on the weekend as well but chewbacca is first of all really old and really wise and smart and <laughs> watching return of the Giant now it I actually felt bad for Chewbacca as a character for the way that they wrote that trap scene, because it makes him out to be the sort of dumb animal that he's attracted to like some meat on a tree. And I was there thinking like, actually Chewbacca, like he would know it's a trap, you know, like it's, it's funny how like, kind of, as I said, like, I always loved this film as a kid and I always kind of never really thought too much into these things, but then rewatching it this time, like seeing Chewbacca make that sort of decision. I almost like question it as like, why have they made him all of a sudden this sort of animalistic beast? When actually he's quite a refined, smart creature who can fix robots and Millennium Falcons and battles in <laughs> in all sorts of wars. And is you know friends with Yoda before and now friends with Han and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's like I don't I, I just thought it was a really kind of like odd scene to kind of make Chewbacca into this sort of this beast who's like who's tempted by this bit of meat on a tree. It's like. We never seen him do that before, but all of a sudden it's like he's he's there falling for it.
0: <laughs> Which was, and, uh, you don't know, man. He could have been on a steak. <laughs> he could have been on a steak fast and not had any meat, prime meat for. He's been trying to go vegan, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might not have had any prime meat for weeks. He might have been on a rebel fast. You know, they're on rations. You don't know how this guy's living.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, yeah, we don't make any assumptions here, but I just thought it was quite funny. I think, I think it's, as I said, I think it's one of these now looking at return of the jedi i think it's one of those elements that lucas has put in that it, it it feels a bit more child friendly and it feels a bit more um like big spectacles or quite interesting or using elements to make it appeal to a wider range of audience i i, I you know i i hesitate from using too much of the child friendly label because i do think it is it, that this film is more child friendly particularly compared to empire strikes back which is so dark and bleak and wrestles with good and bad and this one it feels much more hopeful and there are elements like you know we start with the kind of hopeful beginning and then you've got you know the, as i said the only kind of real sadness is yoda dying and then you're kind of on Endor, and Endor seems quite uh fun and light-hearted in, in a lot of ways and then of course we meet the ewoks and Ewoks, of course, you know, they've been criticized before for being too child friendly. But I I personally think I, I have always liked the Ewoks. And even though the Ewoks are this sort of child friendly teddy bear, I think that they are great Star Wars characters because, <laughs> first of all, they end up being against the Empire because the Empire, you know, is destroying their planet and, you know, they join up with the rebels. It makes sense. And also, I just love how the Ewoks are these tiny little bears that then end up you know committing themselves to a full-on war and it's that sort of great side of of the star wars morality that these are actually very brave little bears and they kind of deserve to be treated like heroes afterwards and especially when you compare them to you know a group like the gungans i mean gee i i so much more prefer the ewoks and their kind of you know fun furriness to the gungans and their Oh, just their annoyance of like, their tactics and and their reactions to things, and so it's quite funny. I, so yeah, the Endor, and I agree that the 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 riding scene in Endor is a really great bit of action. Um, but I just you know it's interesting because I think with some parts of the Endor um, kind of setup, I think there is it's interesting because the dialogue isn't it's a bit more fluffy uh as I would describe it. Kind of there's a little bit more interplay between the characters and it feels not as concise as before. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's more softening uh to kind of a wider range. And you know, you've got the kind of like the banter between, you know, as we said before, Lando and Han, and then you've got Chewy kind of falling for the trap and and then you know the end all kind of like the, the racing scene is is uh or I shouldn't say the racing scene, the battle scene on the bikes. Um is it's a spectacle so i i think I, i'm cut yeah it's interesting because re-watching end now I, I feel a bit more mixed about it although i do like the i i like more of the second half when the 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 dialogue gets a bit more serious and when c-3po kind of convinces them and things like that and gets them on side i think that's all more concise really and i and then of course i love when luke and leia talk and I, obviously that's a really important scene between them
0: yeah, I mean, the Ewoks are... I always find it funny with the Ewoks because they're this cute, to a certain extent, um, small bears, but at the same time, if you saw one of those at night time, <laughs> scare the <laughs> crap out of you with their big um, blacked-out eyes, they're they're definitely a very much fun and enjoyable element to the story, and they obviously play a really key part in the final battle. And it could be... You could look at it as a redemption for Chewbacca because of him getting caught in that net is how you meet the Ewoks. So, And the Ewoks really are the ones that scupper the Empire's plans for the trap that they've laid to capture the rebels on Endor they're the ones that turn the tide. And yeah, very much, if we're in a battle sequence and I had to choose out of Ewoks and Gungans, then yeah. I'm very much going down the Ewok route because, hey, just look at the, the tree logs that they use as battering rams. That's <laughs> one instance which seems very effective. Yeah. But yeah, there is um completely understand you. This film is kind of split into two elements, two parts, where the beginning is and the middle is more hopeful and is mm. more child friendly but there and there are still a lot of dark elements to deal with mm. something that we kind of see when it goes back to i would say vaders first kind of confrontation with the emperor where the emperor criticizes it's when they first allow Luke, Leia and Han to go on to Endor and Vader goes to the emperor to report that this has happened and the emperor comes back at him straight away saying you've disobeyed an order because I told you to stay on this command ship and Luke and Vader's just obviously obsessed with finding his son And almost trying to convince the Emperor that, but I need to find him and I need to follow this through. And you kind of feel, knowing the information we know now, not from a first viewing perspective, but the information we know now with the prequels and everything, that that is very much a little element, isn't it, to the turn of the tide between the Emperor and Vader's relationship?
1: Yeah. Actually, that's one of the one of the things I wish they'd included more of is is more of the Emperor and Vader actually uh, earlier on in the film because I think we get a lot of them later on once you know Luke's obviously talking with them and and they're trying to tempt him to strike the Emperor etc. I I I want more of the Emperor earlier on because it's there's a lot of things that intrigue me about the Emperor like. <laughs> I mean, one of these really random details, but you know how he arrives on the desktop with that posse of, like, guys in, like, Russian hats and things like that? Do you remember those guys?
0: Yeah, it almost looks like he arrives with his own um, political aid. Yeah. To some extent. That's the thing. There's those, and then he also has the guards, which
1: are kind of covered in red, and they look quite menacing as well. And I think those kind of two things, I'm just curious as to, like, who the hell they are and like what their function is and what they can do because it's just, they just look like quite interesting characters. And we never really explore that with the emperor because we have quite limited screen time with him um, in the, particularly in the first half of the film. And I think that's one of the things that perhaps could have balanced out the film a bit more that there's so much hope from the the rebel side initially that I think they, they could have done more on the empire side to sort of, show that it's gonna be it's not an it's not gonna be an easy battle for the rebels and that there's there's lots kind of going on and and the Emperor has is cunning and perhaps what his future plans would be. You know, maybe if we had some ideas to what he would do after he defeats the rebels, like perhaps he would he wanted to, I don't know, carry on or there were certain planets that he wanted to blow up or something like that and, you know, to ensure that the Empire, you know, maybe if he wanted to destroy the Senate or something, for example, as well. I think that could have been an interesting plot point to include to make it a bit more serious and also show what the Emperor's true intentions were and because obviously he's, he rules the Empire, but as we've seen in A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, there is other political elements within the universe that they're still wrestling with. And I think in Return of the Jedi, they could have gone a little bit more into that. And it's a shame that they didn't, because that way we could have got to know the Emperor a bit more and, you know, get some great lines from him and Vader. And, and maybe if we'd also seen a, maybe a bit more of a clash between him and Vader. But I think, yeah, as you said, they, they show the kind of the the division they have over what to do with Luke and, you know, what's the right thing to do exactly. So, yeah,
0: yeah. you're saying you wish they had a side of the emperor's Palpatine political side yeah. shown more.
1: Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, it's, it's,
0: he's such a main villain to this whole thing. And we,
1: and we don't see him in person until this film that it's, um, I almost feel that they could have done more with him just because, as As we've seen in the prequels, I mean, he's such a political way well, he the way he rose to power was so political and he was the type of figure and how he manipulated different people and and we get some of that at the end of the film, and that's great. and i I like that. and i I like that he's this menacing villain who's you know cunning and and assuming and and trying to tempt Luke in because he knows what he's going to do. And those sorts of elements are really interesting. And I just think that we could have got more of that early on to balance out the sort of child-friendly elements
0: that the film starts with. Yeah. Once again, it's very much split into two, isn't it? We kind of get those elements more in the second part of the film. And his relationship with Vader is really explored a lot more. And Vader's transformation as a character is explored a lot more in the second part of the film than it is in the first. Especially when you see Vader's first interaction again with Luke on Endor when they talk and you already see then that vader isn't he's hes already taken a step back from the menacing character that he is to a certain extent when he's telling luke you don't know the power of the dark side he's very much trying i feel he's saying it out loud to try and convince himself that the dark side and the emperor are the only way and the only path for him to follow at this particular point in time yeah absolutely i i like those scenes between luke and vader
1: i like that scene particularly before they go up to the death cell where they're still on endor and talking with each other, because I think that is a very revealing conversation about where the relationship is at this point that they're both trying to convince each other that they are right. And they're both kind of opposing each other. And, and, you know, and the interesting thing is like, neither of them are wrong. Uh, really. Is that, you know, <laughs> Vader does have some good in him and Luke clearly has some, you know, some bad in him. And I think I I, I, I like those interactions between them in this film because I, I like seeing Luke being tempted by the dark side. And, you know, as I was saying with the, with the Yoda death and the Yoda scene that, that sets up that that internal battle that he has to face. And I think those conversations between him and Vader are very well placed to show that he still is susceptible to influence and, and change and, and, you know, and that he wants to be with his father and it wasn't as he thought. Um, and, I I think that adds kind of further depth to his sort of development as a Jedi. So I I, I really like those scenes.
0: Yeah. And it also leads on to, for me, one of my favorite scenes in the film, and we, we briefly touched upon it earlier, but is that whole dialogue between Vader, the Emperor and Luke in the throne scene, while we have all the battles going on, on Endor and in space as well, outside the Death Star. That is very, I find that scene very rewarding. It's, really good because you get to see such a character development in both luke and both vader and then you get to see also that the emperor's plan all along was to kind of remove vader he's almost seen that i don't kind of need you anymore i've got a younger apprentice then that's my motive vader's realization in that i mean to me i feel that's some of the best part of the whole entire movie in terms of character development and in terms of script. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the script in, in
1: those points is really, it's really on point. Um, just, there's a lot to be taken from them and, and you can, it, as you said, it develops the characters in a way, which makes a lot of sense and, and is interesting as well and intriguing because it's kind of puts things up in the air that, you know, you've got these sorts of, Opposing sides, and it's so interesting as well that you've got the kind of Jedi and Sith kind of <laughs> standing next to each other discussing these things first, because you know that that rarely ever happens. You know, <laughs> I mean, usually they're discussing things during a battle or something like that. And so to see all of that, and especially as a, a way to build up the action to you know the final kind of battle scenes, which are very big and epic, and I, I like a lot of those kind of Luke on the Death Star scenes and. And unsure what's going to happen there. And the Emperor's like, you know, goading him and telling him that his friends are going to be wiped out and things like that. It's it's all... I think that's all great kind of character development points um,
0: for them, really. And, and for exploring the Force, really. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like the balance of the final sequence of the film. Having that serious tone discussion between those three, which obviously evolves into the fight between Luke and Vader. And then eventually... Cutting off his hand and Vader turning against the Emperor in the last few seconds. But I love the balance between that, the fight that Leia and Hana are part of on Endor with the Ewoks and also you have Akbar and General Lando having the fight and yeah. trying to take down the Death Star at the exact same time. I think it's a really great ending sequence, actually, because it really doesn't... We've talked about this before. It doesn't waste any time. It uses up every minute in those in those final scenes of the film with story coming in at all different angles. I find it a very rewarding end due to there's so many elements coming together and they're all working with each other really well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I the, the final battle scene for me is um it's it's one of those cinema great scenes. I and I remember watching the the remastered version of Return of the Giant in cinema and absolutely being like gobsmacked watching that whole you know battle sequence. I mean the way that there's three battles going on at the same time you've got a lightsaber the ultimate lightsaber battle because now Luke is kind of up to par with Vader in a lot of ways. Um, you've got the the space battle, which is massive, and the star destroyers and the Death Star, and the rebels are all you know going in with all the all their ships, and then you've got the battle scene on Endor as well between this you know <laughs> the rebels and the the Ewoks against the Empire. It, for me, the action doesn't let up in that, and I I really yeah it, it's so <laughs> it's so triumphant by the end that you 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 really are punching the air and and, and laughing out loud with the characters especially when lando flies out the death star of what you know once it's it's blowing up i, I always love that part that you know because i love lando as a character i think he is a great character and i i, I love also the fact that he kind of joins the rebels and is and really get stuck in as well and you know because he has such a comfortable life before and he you know he was just a sort of you know entrepreneur and now he's like this general kind of fighting amongst them and and he does great things as well And he's a smart character as well so i i, I always love that final scene it, it really sits fondly with me and and rewatching it this time i have to say i i still sort of had the same kind of punch the air feeling um it is it is a very triumphant uh,
0: ending Yeah, it's funny what you say because Lando and Han have that exact same story path to a certain extent, don't they? They've kind of been these scoundrels, smugglers, you know, wisecrackers, get in their own way, arrogant guys who have just done their own thing. And then they've got to a point in their lives where well, they're like i think i can add a lot more to this <laughs> and i've suddenly found that i am an extremely honorable man and i'm gonna go join this fight against the rebels and of course they add so much to it um yeah the rebels are sort of like a, the star wars equivalent of charity <laughs> volunteering <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go and join the good samaritans <laughs> and blow up that big thing in the sky and kill loads of people <laughs> but they're bad people Odds <laughs> if they're bad <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. i know i know <laughs> It's all justified, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, I love... Also, I do find the scene between Luke and Vader at the end there, well, when I guess he becomes Anakin again, I find that a very rewarding scene for Luke, emotionally, for the journey he's gone over, especially over the past three films. Yeah,
1: I mean, that final scene with the Emperor and with Vader is... I I love it. I I think it's very... I got quite emotional, actually, watching Vader, first of all, being beaten and... and and seeing his arc over the three films as well that he's gone from this sort of ruthless badass in a new hope where he's taking absolutely no shit and leading from the front and and that carries on in empire strikes back but then you delve deeper into his where his character is coming from and how he, he and how he works um and then you know you get him in return of the jedi where all of a sudden he's he's starting to question himself and because of luke and and the influence that luke's having on him and I love that kind of ending scene where he's kind of down and beaten and then looking at the emperor and he, and even though he's wearing a mask, there's so much emotion in looking to his son and then to his mentor and then back to his son. And and then he picks up the emperor is like, well, you know what? Screw you, you know, and just throws him off into the reactor. Like for me, that's such a, a moment of, of joy. Um, and also it's it's one of those things where even though Vader is the ultimate villain and bad guy, it doesn't feel at all out of place for him because as we've been building up over the film that he's been having this, these sort of clashes with the emperor and then he's been talking with Luke and, you know, and whilst he was always of the impression that it was him, you know, he wanted to draw Luke to the dark side. It, it's him who ends up being drawn back to the Jedi side. And, and yeah, I find that very emotional and, and it's not out of place and it, it it's, it's a great resolve for such a a powerful character with so much depth as well. And especially knowing after, you know, once the prequels came out and seeing how he went from being this plucky, nice kid to, well, I mean, he was, you know, slightly arrogant and whatever, but he was never a bad person. And then he, you see him go dark. And then of course, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, he continues that, you know, he's so dark. And then this is the sort of his, um. Sort of, it's a great resolution i think as a character and it, it, it's his his redemption that's the word i'm looking for it, it's a proper redemption for him I th- and i think that's one of the things that return of the jedi for me really does well is that vader's redemption throughout the film is is quite it, it is well shown and that whole kind of sequence really it, it, it illustrates that 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 change back to loving his son again and, and not being completely evil
0: well rediscovering Luke for Vader something we know more because of the prequels I completely get but you can understand it as well from just seeing this original trilogy it's rediscovering that tiny bit of hope because he in his mind had technically lost everything we know he'd lost Padme and we know he'd lost his children because obviously no, Padme was pregnant at the time once again that is knowledge from seeing the prequels and then watching these films again but that's where we are in the skywalker saga and that's our views of it to a certain extent so yeah it's that like you said he thinks because of the only thing that's in his mind and has been in his mind for the past uh, 20 or so years is the dark side and then luke is that little ray of light that keeps growing within his mind over the course of these three films. So we see, very much going back to, again, them talking on Endor. Like I said before, when he was talking about you don't know the power of the dark side, it's kind of all he kind of remembers, and he's saying that out loud because I feel he's already having that confrontation with the... Mm -hmm light side pulling him back in his head isn't he? And then we see that come full circle by the time he confronts Luke and then eventually ends up confronting the Emperor and chuck him off the side in a very rewarding way <laughs> and then coming full circle obviously to that is the end of his life because he sacrificed every, th- every bit of power that he had left in order to defeat the Emperor as we- well not now because he came back but still <laughs> for, yeah, that, yeah. for that particular moment it's a really interesting journey when you analyze vader's journey across the whole three films yeah yeah it's
1: it's i really do think and and this is kind of the great thing about return of the jedi is that for vader because he for me and again rewatching the original trilogy this time i I have a new fondness for vader because I, i love him as a character i think he's the way he's written in the original trilogy particularly is is he's as i said he's like the perfect villain and he's so concise and the lines and the powers that he has he's just this great villain And he's not he always leads from the front and he's just very menacing and he's imposing and just everything from his image to his abilities are just it makes him such a great character and i and that's the thing that i love about return of the jedi is that it doesn't feel that they force him to the good side it, it feels more natural that he is saving his son you know and that that and that actually discovering his son you can see in empire that both him and luke are, are conflicted over it in their own ways he he's conflicted that he's <laughs> he might not be the sith that he always thought he was and luke you know is conflicted because he you know is tempted by the dark side so i think those are uh, I, yeah I, I love vader's arc over the three films um but i have to say that one thing about Staying on the topic of Skywalkers and what we discover in Return of the Jedi, of course, is that Leia is also a Skywalker. Big reveal. Interesting. I have to say in this film, I am... Leia as a character for me is a little bit of a disappointment in this film. Um, And the reason I say that is because I think in Empire Strikes Back, she had really grown. And we see in A New Hope that she's this diplomatic kind of strong-headed character who's really doing the best for her people and, and for the rebellion and wants to beat the empire and empire strikes back, you know, she, she comes more into her own and obviously her relationship with Han hand develops and, but she's still very strong headed. And I feel actually in this film that Leia, unfortunately, they kind of the way they wrote her character, I think it starts off promising that she, you know, goes into Jabba's palace by herself, taking in Chewie and, and threatening Jabba with a, a thermal detonator. And that shows, shows her to be, you know, independent and strong and brave. And, but then I think, after they make kind of her as slave she has this kind of she as a character she feels a little bit relegated um because i think i think after that she's shown very much to be a companion to han which i don't think is a bad thing but i think that they the way that they've written her character doesn't make her as strong-headed as before and i think that's kind of unfortunate because you know we see her on endor and on endor she is doing you know some things and you know she kind of befriends the ewoks and things but there's nothing really which you know indicates that this she's as strong or great as a leader as she was in the first two films which i think is a bit disappointing um just because you know there's a you know she 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 can be there's no reason why she she shouldn't be um and i i feel that almost that it's you know that that that's more about Han protecting her and that that couple relationship is more developed in a way that she takes more of a secondary role in comparison to Han and and really if you think about it you know there's I mean she only kind of has a really a a few key scenes in this film as I said like at the beginning with with Jabba but then once she becomes his slave I mean she she does kill him which is great um but you know obviously there's the, the infamous bikini scene as well which I don't know like you know people have split views on it i mean personally i kind of remember it fondly and now yeah is it completely necessary not really but it is it is a thing and you know it's so iconic as well that you know you could you can't really imagine it without but i do think that it's kind of indicative of where like her character is that she's kind of been relegated and and you know like one of the kind of key bits of dialogue that she has is you know when she's talking with luke on Endor about and luke reveals to her that you know their brother and sister and that vader's their father and and I feel that the writing for her could have been better. I don't know. What do what you think about Leia in this film? Do you, do you agree, or how do you?
0: Um, I kind of feel you also, you have that thing to contend with when you're telling a story over three films, and you're in the final film. You have always have a lot of pieces that you need to put together to complete different story arcs. And once again, with a film over a series, you have limitation in terms of time. So. For me, I, I like Leia's character as one of my favourite characters of all time across the whole Star Star Wars saga and Carrie's performances as Leia even more so in the new trilogy are just brilliant it's some of her best work especially in The Last um, the Last Jedi I think she's phenomenal but in this particular film I think we get to see flourishes of the Leia that we got in the previous ones the Leia that like jumps on the bike speeder you know the layer that goes into Jabba's palace at the beginning I feel it's not so much that she isn't the same character I just feel they've made the decision to lend more of the storytelling especially in the second part of the film to Luke and Vader because there was so much to unpack there Mm -hmm. and Vader's relationship with the Emperor like we've said before we don't really get to see the emperor or we don't properly see him on screen until this film we only get to see him as a hologram in empire strikes back i just feel it's one of those things it's time constraints it's having to tell the narrative where everyone is satisfied and whatever way we look at it luke is the main character of this trilogy and his story and his journey is something that has to be concluded in a satisfying manner and i feel that's the only reason we probably don't get as much layer as we want to in a certain way due to what has to be wrapped up on because there is so much isn't there to unpack especially those last scenes with vader the emperor and luke
1: yeah and i i i do get where you're coming from um in that yeah luke is quite a key well, the luke storyline is a very key element to this film i just think that you know leia could have been incorporated better into that storyline um in terms of maybe she could have been quite a point of contention with luke uh you know when when he reveals that vader is their father and and that he there's good in him you know it would have been nice to like have more of that sassy leia fight back that we've seen kind of before where she's you know saying like which she's very logical and and, and forward thinking and you know not afraid to put her ideas forward. i just think I so I, I kind of agree where you're coming from but I, do, I I do think that she could have been used perhaps more as a point of tension or and also like perhaps when she's on Endor as well to to make her lead more from the front because Luke very quickly on Endor kind of you know he's there and then he's not really there you know he kind of he, he comes and then he goes over to Vader and and then to the death star so he's I I feel that they could have used Leia more effectively in the, as, a, as kind of a more of a leader because they they hand it over very much to Han, which is yeah, it makes sense. But I think that it would have kind of made even more sense if Leia had kind of more of a a leadership role, I suppose, particularly in those kind of final battle scenes because she is such a key a key figure like throughout the battles and then and, and the political forging and I again I think you know she's used again as like a friend of the Ewoks but then C-3PO like solidifies the political kind of understanding with alliance with them and I think Leia there could have been perhaps telling C-3PO what to tell them and you know leaning from the front then and, and I mean this is just kind of like my own personal preference as you know to Leia as a character that you know there was there, there could have been more that they could have done with her uh to you know carry on those those characteristics that she has in the previous films that make her you know Princess Leia and and, you know just strong character really
0: yeah and I kind of feel that where it would have been great to have her is when they're first doing that they're running through the mission aren't they they're all all the rebels are back together and they're talking about the sequence and her character's name the lady who is leading the rebels at that point in time her character's name escapes me but it would have been cool maybe if we had Leia in that role again yeah and she was dishing out the or aligning the plan telling everybody what they need to do that would have been a call cool because that would have hit exactly the in the same way that she does on empire
1: yeah and it's actually kind of surprising that she doesn't do that because you know she's at that point where she's been part of the rebellion and she is probably very senior it is surprising that someone else is briefing everyone you know so
0: yeah, I guess it must be just because she was off doing another mission at that particular time and then came back into the fold and was catching up.
1: But Well, I suppose yeah, that's when they go to rescue Han and everything like that. So perhaps you could justify that
0: way. Yeah. But you know, if there was gonna be more layer Leia... I would always agree with that because she's a phenomenal character. One of the best characters from the original trilogy and across the whole entire saga. So anytime we get more Leia, I'm okay with that.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And as I said, I mean, for me, like, you know, as we discussed um, on the, on the podcast about Empire Strikes Back, I mean, you know, the relationship with Han and Leia is just so, such great chemistry and, and, you know, Leia's, I love Leia in that film because she's, you know, she is kind of, she's falling for Han clearly but then she's also there like fighting because she is fiercely independent and and very headstrong and also you know and and also proper you know she's a princess and you know and she's retaining a lot of that and I, I feel in this one that it's like there is elements of that but they yeah they kind of downgrade her as a character which is in my opinion anyway which is a bit of a shame I think I think they could have given her like more lines and made and just giving her more fight really uh you know because we do see her fighting uh, and and doing things as like you said on, on the speed bike and uh and in Jabba's palace and and obviously on, on the battle of endor she's there fighting but i just i want her i just want more you know i want her to be bust around by leia God, to, to tell me something like <laughs> you know like I, she's just such a, a strong character as i said and like she and she makes great decisions and she's very wise even since the first film i mean very perceptive very understanding that here it almost feels like they've they've done away with some of her development which is a bit of a shame but we said it, it, it's not something that stands out too much but i think they could have just used eliza better really especially in luke's storyline i think she could have been more of a, a source of some contention for luke that you know perhaps you know him talking about vader and him not being
0: so bad that, that they could have been more to that um
1: that's really just kind of my opinion really Uh, wouldn't
0: wouldn't it have been a a really interesting scene if leia actually joined luke back on the death star that confrontation between the emperor and vader and you had leia in there as well that would have been really interesting
1: that would have been yeah pretty wild i suppose then they would have had to given leia some some force powers which would have also made some sense as well um considering that also you know she's and that's another thing I think with Leia as well is that, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda does bring up the fact that there is another Skywalker and there is another one. Mm. Um, and that's such a point of intrigue that I feel that return of the Jedi doesn't justify that intrigue as much. It, it it reveals that she's a Skywalker. Fine. Great. But then is she another Jedi? We don't know. We don't see her have any powers until well, last Jedi really. Or I don't, I mean, I did. I, can't quite remember if she does demonstrate anything in force awakens but you know i feel that yeah they could have made more of
0: that really she demonstrates it in the way of using the force to recognize things happening in the same way that obi-wan uses the force in a new hope when you see Alderaan being blown to bits and oderon um obi-wan feels the disturbances in the force and has the force connection that leia shows in force awakens and throughout the original trilogy not the original trilogy sorry the new sequels but for me overall this film is it's just another happy nostalgic fun ride because it's the same way i feel about the whole entire original trilogy hey i mean i really feel about it i'm gonna be honest about the whole entire sky skywalker saga and all the star wars films i just have a fun time And, you know, it's been fun looking at it from a different point of view and analysing certain bits and certain story elements. But it's still such an enjoyable ride for me. I still love it every single time I watch it and every single time I'm really satisfied with it. How about yourself? How do you feel at the end of the original trilogy? I mean,
1: I like... I, as I said I always love Return of the Jedi as a kid and even though this time I had some reservations with some of the characters and some of the plot points I still by the end of it it just I, I'm always jumping for joy and punching the air and just it, it is uh, and it's probably a lot to do with the nostalgia of it but I but also I just love because the thing is is that as I said I have some issues with Return, with Return of the Jedi but I don't think it's a bad film by any stretch of the imagination I think a lot of the action is bloody great uh, I think a lot of the dialogue is great I think the way it kind of resolved the storyline I mean I've I've been reading that you know Gary Kurtz the original producer uh, for New Hope and Empire Strikes Back he had some issues with the fact that Return of the Jedi finished so triumphantly and so hopefully and joyfully and that they could have added a bit more of a bittersweet feeling to it and I and I think it could have done that but Personally, I also really love the fact that it is a triumphant win against the Empire because of the way we've seen the Empire throughout the films and also in the prequels and how they've come to be, that it's this great menacing force and then you have good overcoming it through just, and, and also the rebellion that they're this kind of small band of, of, of pilots and, and and soldiers who really are fighting for the greater good and then they, they win and it, it is a joyful uh, message to 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 send that and i always have warm feelings whenever i watch Return of the jedi and and to be honest for the the trilogy i i I mean it really is for me i think it might be the one of the best film trilogies ever made really because of the the consistency across the trilogy um in terms of the character story arcs and the development i i just think it, it nails it so well like you know seeing luke finish as this jedi knight and where we've seen him come from on tatooine and the hardships he's had to go through and as well as han and and leia as we've seen and and c3po and r2d I mean you know as the comic relief they're, they're so good across the three films as well that I, I i this trilogy really nails a lot of great storytelling which is rare these days and also you know as i said the consistency Um, across the three films and and the story arcs is it it, it's done so well that none of it really stands out as as awkward or or badly done it it really is quite well rounded off and i mean and also i think as a trilogy as well you know as as we discussed on on the, the podcast about empire strikes back the fact that you have a new hope which is this sort of hopeful scene setter and 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 it's kind of quite adventurous and all over the place and then it goes to empire strikes back which completely changes the tone and flips it on its head and makes it bleak and sad but that you know adds so much context to the star wars universe and the characters that we're following uh and then you know to return of the Jedi, which goes back to that hopefulness it, it does feel as if the, you know you do you go on a journey yourself that of one of of hope and then despair and then and then triumph and winning you know and and it, it, as i said like by the end of it you're you're kind of so it is very exhilarating to watch them and and as i said like the other day i watched all three in a row and it really does make me feel very happy that these films exist and that they and that we're able to watch and appreciate them and 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 dive so much into the story um so yeah i i yeah nothing but generally great recommendations in terms of the the original trilogy i i, I I do think Return of the Jedi is probably the weakest one of the films. I, I never used to think that. And I never thought I would say that, but I I think watching it with a fresh pair of eyes, I do think it is the kind of, it was very, I think as a film, it's very indicative of where Lucas was going afterwards in terms of his story making and, and incorporating more CGI and making more child friendly elements uh, within his films. Um, which I, you know, as we've discussed in the prequels, it's not all terrible. Uh, it's not a bad thing to go more child friendly and, and broaden it. I just think, um, yeah, it's just there's something about A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, which are kind of such well-rounded, perfect films for any age, really, that, you know, Return of the Jedi almost didn't need to give that kind of <laughs> further audience appeal. But the fact that it does, I don't think it's a bad thing because, you know, there's loads of great characters and moments and yeah, it is a very enjoyable film as well. And I and it's a great way to, to end the original trilogy as well, in in a triumphant way.
0: Really rewarding watch, as it always is. I always kind of say watching these films is like being at Christmas. It's just a nostalgic, cosy feeling that you get every single time you watch them. It's great characters, it's great story, and it's just all-round great fun. I think that's the perfect way for us to end it there. I really hope everyone's enjoyed us talking about these films. If you've enjoyed us talking about Great, if you don't believe for agree with what we're saying that's great too because it's just great to watch star wars and talk about star wars so as thank you once again it's much appreciated to have you on this to talk about them
1: oh thank you for having me on ben it's been yeah it's been wonderful to rewatch them and and discuss them with uh with fresh well i say fresh eyes with with modern eyes or up-to-date eyes but it's it's been wonderful and yeah it's i mean as we've been saying there's so much that you can dive into with the star wars universe that it's uh it's a pleasure to have them as, as bits of pop culture to always dive back into amen cheers mate cheers dude
0: once again for listening to Jedi Order podcast. Please make sure to like, comment and subscribe if you haven't already and may the Force be with you.